Hello all, this is Blonde Haired Girl. Yesterday, I went to my sister's house to celebrate my nephew who has Down syndrome, graduated from high school. <laughs> it, it was like a very massive success of a party. I mean, the house was just filled with people. And it was, um, the weather uh, in Phoenix yesterday was just pretty hideous. <laughs> it was, uh, it was pretty hot. Uh, and yours truly was melting. I was making jokes with my son who enjoys my silliness sometimes where I was saying, I, I am a witch and I am melting. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, but probably not for my witchness from the horrible heat. As I was at this party, I was with a whole lot of, all of the people that were there were from my my sister's family's church. They go to a church and it's a very tight-knit community and there was a lot of young people from the church and older people from the church. I mean, it was just the house was just filled with church members and I got to talking to one a young person, she's 22, and I I really so wanted to be able to give her some words of wisdom about her life. And, and very delicately and not stepping on into the landmine of all of the people there are people who believe that the Bible is the unfallible word of God. Um, they believe in the Bible as literal, you know, fact. And so, and so I'm treading on this like pretty lightly because I don't want to offend anyone. And she, we were talking about, you know, marriage. We we're talking about marriage and, and like a boy, her and a boyfriend. And, and it was just, it was just so like pertinent from her standpoint, from where she is right now. This conversation, you know, she may remember it, she may not. And I, I actually came ill prepared. Like I wasn't, I didn't have any idea that this is what I was going to be talking about. And the other thing is, is that my family, I don't share any of this with my family. Any of my content, I tell them, do not listen to my content because you won't like it. I don't, I don't talk about my books. I don't talk about my subject matter, my life change, nothing. So in essence, my family really doesn't even know who I am. And I just, I just keep very quiet about it, you know, at this point. Um, there's no point in me, in me mentioning it. You know, I, I feel very confident that if they really knew me, they would not hang out with me. <laughs> I just, um, because I mean, some of the stuff that I say is like full on heresy to the church, to the Christian church. 
I say stuff that is so far out. They just, you know, I know that in a different time I would be, I would be burned at the stake for the stuff I say. I know that. Um, but so, you know, she asked me if I was married and I said no. And she asked me like some questions about, um, my life and, I didn't get into any specific details, except that I did say that when I was young, I was where she is. I was a, I was raised a Mormon, I mean a Roman Catholic, and like and and when I was twenty two, I was working to get a husband. I mean that was my whole goal. I mean I, yeah, I had a college degree, but like. This was the next step for me. This was the expectation of my my family and my culture and my church. Was that I was going to get married and have children. And and so and so this little girl is basically standing where I was. You know, she has a college degree and she doesn't know what she wants to do, except, you know, it is the expectation of her parents and her church that she get married and have children. I don't think you just get married in the Christian church. Um, And if you don't have children, I think, I mean, I I don't know, because I had children, it is some kind of curse. Like, there's something wrong with you if, if you can't have children. I mean, this is all just the way that I think they think, not the way that I think. So what I told her was, is that I, so when I was young, the, the person that I chose was what looked really, really good on paper. He looked really good. Like if he sent you the resume and you had a, even if you had a, a interview with him, he would have been ideal you know, he was, he was, he fit all the bills. He, you know, just, you could check off all the check marks. But what ended up happening was, is that he wasn't in my corner. It was, uh, it was a relationship where it was, it was a battle. He was on the opposite end. He was on the, on the opposite side of the net. We were playing tennis and he's not, we're not partners here against the world where he's against me. And, and this was exhibited like in his, in his behavior, uh, the way that he was toward the way that he treated me was that I was not his partner. Uh, and, and things that he said to me, I, I, you know, and I, and I just have to like mention some of them because I, I think it's incredibly pertinent during this time. <clears throat> like he said things to me, like I was just the receptacle for our children, like that somehow he was more important in that process than I was, even though I was the one that carried our children for nine months and birthed them, which was no easy task and took care of them. Um, the, the men that I, that I, um, 
My second husband was not as bad as my first, but my first husband, I don't know how often he ever changed a diaper, how often he ever fed the children. Like I was the primary caretaker of our children, like all the time, like giving them medicine throughout the night. I mean, it was, it was really intense and hard. Uh, Anybody who has had children knows how hard it is to care for young beings to keep them alive, uh, especially infants, because <laughs> they're screaming as you, you have, you you got to go through the list. Okay. Hungry. <laughs> hungry is the first one. Needs a diaper change. Is feeling sick. You know, I mean, you just go through the list and then, you know, when that doesn't start, you just bounce, you know, <laughs> you just bounce as much as you can and hope for the best. <laughs> but, um, but he just, it was very old school in his thinking about, about family roles. He was very old school in that, in that these are the women's roles and these are the men's roles. And quite frankly, I, I didn't have a clue. I really didn't have a clue. Like I didn't, I, I'm not one of these people that I'm like hard, you know, that this is my duty and that is your duty. You know what I mean? I'm not like that per se. Uh, I just kind of think, you know, whoever sees the dishes, maybe they could just wash them. You know what I mean? Like I'm perfectly willing to dive in and wash the dishes. I'm, I'm, um, whatever's needing to be done in the moment is kind of my, my motto. But, um, so, but, and he wasn't really my friend. He wasn't, he wasn't my friend. He wasn't my, which was exhibited by our hideous divorce. We had a hideous, hideous divorce that, um, I'm grateful that it wasn't worse than it was, but, um, you know, and then it wasn't really that much better with my second husband. (laughs) Um, it wasn't, I, I married very, very strong men. These were like men who were like, I am the head of the household, you know, and I'm not really sure what my purpose was, except that they liked having someone around when they wanted me around and um, liked taking me to, I think I was like the quintessential trophy wife. If you want to know the truth, I was like the quintessential, like she looks really good, you know, to take, you know, out in public I I done good with this one, you know, kind of, kind of idea, but he wasn't my friend either. He was not my friend. I mean, and when it, when it came right down to it, you know, so this is what I had told this young person that, that, that make sure that this guy is your best friend, that he has got your back. You want a guy who's going to have your back. You know, and, and, and it wasn't even, you know, cause she said that, that she and the, the, her, her boyfriend are, um, they enjoy each other. Like she enjoys his company. They have a lot of fun together. And I was like, yeah, I, I did have a lot of fun with these people, both of these people. I, I went on trips, you know, we, we did a lot of fun things together, but that's not all that a relationship is about. 
It's not all about the fun. It, it's about when the kids get sick, when it's about both. It's about fun and being able to work together when something happens that is seemingly negative. Which brings me to something that she had started to talk about that, and, and, and I hear this a lot like in social media, that the universe does this thing to you. That the universe like makes this negative thing happen to you. And I don't believe in that. And I, and I can be completely wrong with this. I could be completely wrong. But I do not believe that God like makes something negative happen in your life for your growth. Like create some catastrophe you know, like makes you bankrupt, makes you sick, makes you, you know, I, I don't believe in that any more than I believe that, that we, because Jesus said that we, as, as, as I think the Bible says that he said that we are, we, as we are evil, love our children. God loves us so much more. We don't, we don't wish ill on our children we don't put obstacles in the way of our children to, for them to grow. But life just kind of does that. Just the natural course of things kind of does that. Like when they're learning to walk, they're walking, you know, across a room and they trip over something. We have these hiccups. We have these trips. We, trips. We have these, these catastrophes. But I don't believe that God specifically does that to us. I don't believe that. And that and I could be wrong. I could be wrong on that. It's just something that whenever I hear it, I cringe. I just I just don't believe in that. Uh, but so okay. So she started to talk about like God this way and and as a he and she started to talk about you know, Jesus and the cross and, and suffering and, you know, that we're going to suffer and, you know, this whole paradigm that I don't believe in. You know, she was talking about, yeah, I heard this thing on a podcast and I'm kind of laughing because I do podcasts on the exact opposite. I don't believe in that. I don't, I don't believe in that, I don't believe in that God. And so, and so she was asking me, so how this is, in my opinion, like so pertinent to what's happening right now is that I really, it really feels like in our country right now, it is going backwards. I think it feels like men are are tired of women being in power. They're tired of women not not being in their place. They're tired of women having a choice to either stay with a man or leave a man. They're tired of women just not doing what they're supposed to be doing, what God says they're supposed to be doing in the Bible. You're supposed to be serving your husband. 
And they are tired of these women who would stand up and say anything about, we're not supposed to say anything about anything ever. We are supposed to be silent. And, and it, is, it is very unsettling to me that it feels like in the moment that this mindset is winning. I mean, they are, they are doing some really radical things right now in the Supreme Court. And in Texas, in particular, and in Oklahoma, where they are making it a capital crime that women will actually be put to death for, for getting an abortion. And, and their term, ending, ending, if a woman has an atopic pregnancy, if a woman has a miscarriage, if it, I mean, and, and I really, like, I don't even know how we would even do this because like there, there, there may be some like total sex strike. Because God forbid a woman gets pregnant and they're trying to limit birth control. Okay, so you can't procure, you can't get um, birth control. Um, you, like what is a woman supposed to do? Except for abstain. And that men certainly don't want that. So last, last night as we were driving home, I was talking to my son about this, that I think that it is really interesting. The amount of sexual dysfunction in the Christian church at large. We're not even talking about priests. We're talking about ministers. And we're not even talking about ministers. We're talking about the men of the Christian church. And all of the sexual misconduct that goes on that nobody knows about. These girls and date rape. And, and men raping their wives. When you do not value the beingness of another person. When they are only used as a tool for you. You don't care. You don't care. You don't care if she wants to have sex or not. These are not people who are really that concerned about consent, right? Not really. It's a man's world. <clears throat> and so I have to reiterate that I am not a huge, a huge um, feminist. I'm not. There's nothing in this life that I feel, well, before. <laughs> but one of the greatest things that I believe that I have ever done is to raise three amazing children. And I did this nearly the whole time on my own. I did. I, I, and I just, I am really amazed at my ability to, to do that. <clears throat> and, 
And, and so, and I, and I, and I did, and I, God, you know, I really, I'm not one of these that has these hard line, you know, male, female roles and all of that. I just, I just, there came a time in my relationship or in my marriages where I just couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't do it one more day. And I don't want to get into the specifics of that because I don't see any point in it. I don't see any point in going to the past, you know, for like giving any justification for why I could not do it one more minute, but I could not. I just couldn't in either case. And I do not have any regrets. Because as it turned out after leaving, there was never this, I looked back and said, oh God, what did I do? There was never that because they, these men, generally speaking, did the same thing to me after as they did during. There was no like, oh, I'm just, I'm genuinely sorry. I'm going to change my ways. There was none of that. I could go back and, and ride in the Corvette again or you know that was my choice i could go back to what i what was already known and so <clears throat> my and my parents like what i grew up with was a real role reversal because my mother clearly wore the pants in the family she wore the pants in the family my mom was clearly in control i mean there was no doubt in our house as to who was in control of everything. Um, and it was my mother. My mother was a very powerful woman. I, I just don't even know how to say. And, <clears throat> and my dad, a lot of times, was in some ways very emasculated by her. You know, because he, you know, he was a very traditional man. My dad was a devout Catholic and the man is supposed to be the head of the household. Like, what do you do with that when you got a wife who is a powerhouse? <clears throat> so he, he and my dad would never consider divorcing. Never. So that was not even on, on the option for him. So I grew up like the role reversal. Like my dad was my, my dad was my safe place. My dad was very careful with me. I mean, very careful. He, he, like, <laughs> like, I never saw my dad without his clothes on, ever. Never. And he never, like, did anything, like, he was so beyond reproach. And I'm not even, I, this is no, he was just very, very careful with us girls. And I, I, I can't speak for my sisters, but for me, you know, he wasn't, he didn't like, he wasn't like all huggy or anything like that. He was in some ways maybe standoffish, but I knew he loved me and he was affectionate in his own way. And he, he was a very caring, loving dad. And I was lucky. I was lucky that I had that for an example. And my dad gave me a gift that if I had not had him, I don't know what my life would have turned out like. 
but he gave me the gift of consistency where my dad was there every day. He was there. He was somebody that I could depend on. <clears throat> I, was, I was younger than my sisters by a lot. And so <clears throat> I, was, I was home. I could have conceivably have been home alone a lot. And my dad was always there. <clears throat> and so we were just kind of two peas in a pod in a way because we had to take care of each other because my mom was away at work a lot, like out of town. She worked out of town a lot. But <clears throat> so now in my adulthood, I, I, I say this phrase. I had somebody say something to me one time, and I, this was my answer. I don't want to wear the pants. I want to share them. I don't want him to wear the pants, and I don't want to wear the pants. I want to share the pants. Can we both have a pant leg, please? Can we work as a team? You know, it's like, it's like I want to be on the same team. I'm, when, I'm, when I'm playing this game of life, I want somebody who's my mate, who we kind of know what the next step, we can, we can like read each other's thoughts, okay? I know what, what he's going to be thinking about that. You know what I mean? I know him so well that I, I know, and he knows me, and like we, you know, we're playing this game and we are on the same side. And I, I'm going to protect this person. I'm going to protect him. You know, I had this really weird visual in a meditation recently of, um, I don't consider myself an angel. I do not. <laughs> but in this, in this visual, I, had, I did. I had like these 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 wings that had feathers on it and I was like protecting this person. It's like I I want that where where it's we are together and maybe not against the world with the world but I certainly am not going to be battling this person. It, it is so pointless and such a waste of time for battling for power in a relationship. And I think that's what it's about. I used to give this analogy just kind of for fun, um, where I said, whoever holds the remote is, in, is, is like in a place of power in the relationship. So you're, you're sitting to watch TV together, which I don't watch TV anymore much. I mean, I don't watch TV. I watch like other things, but not TV. I don't even have like cable TV. I don't even have a TV in my room where I spend most of my time. But, so, um, but when, when I did, because I had these people that I was with, um, watched a lot of TV. And, and, you know, it was sort of like they, they had the remote. And they did, it was like, we were watching what they wanted to watch. It was never like, what do you want to watch? It was never like that. We weren't going to watch what I wanted to watch. I mean, maybe every once in a while I could pick a movie. <laughs> like in one case, I realized that I was a beneficiary like a child. I was a beneficiary in that marriage. I was like... I was like this person's child. I was not even like his his wife. 
I mean, if he passed away, he had a great life insurance policy for me. And it just wasn't what I was, that's not what I was looking for. You know, I, and you know, at this point, I'm not really sure what I'm looking for on that front. Like, I, I'm really quite self-sufficient and I don't know. It's like, I'm, it's not like I'm, I'm want to be with somebody and everything that is his is mine. That's not the way I think. But I do have to say is that I would want someone that I could trust with everything that is mine. I don't want to be with somebody who I would not trust that whatever is mine is his. Whatever it is. And the most important thing would be my heart. If I can't trust my heart with this person, why would I trust my, my, if I can't trust my heart, which is invaluable. It's like, you can take my money, but you take my heart. I just don't know what, I just, you know, it's so much worse to break someone. And have them having to rebuild a life. And so I would much prefer to be with somebody that I could trust my heart with. I don't talk about any of this at the pulpit. I don't talk about any of this when they're talking about taking away women's rights to, to bodily autonomy, to an abortion if she's raped, to a, an 11-year-old who finds is pregnant, maybe not even by her own, like she didn't even like have sex because she wanted to. She was raped, an 11-year-old, having to carry a baby to term, the cruelty I think that's like the cruelty that we're going to put these women to death. I mean, can you imagine anything more cruel? They want to say having an abortion is cruel. So we're going to put cruelty upon cruelty, cruelty, all in the name of Jesus. All in the name of the Bible. I'm just saying. <laughs> Anyway, so I just had this this conversation, which like brought up all of the, you know, which I, I, I didn't share anything with this person. I just let her talk about her beliefs, but I didn't chime in. What good would it be for me to say, I don't believe in your, your core value. I don't believe in the core value that your God is the God of the universe. I don't, I don't believe in your God. What good would that do? So I leave people with their, with their beliefs. And I sit here and I, and I do podcasts about a different thought. Cause I do believe that that is the old, that her belief is the old That is the old world. That is the world of duality and anger and God is mad and hell. Because she talked about hell yesterday. Found that very interesting.
I believe that that's the old and I believe that it was, it was, ble- I mean, I'm being, I'm being facetious. I'm being sarcastic when I say it was blessed onto us by some people who wanted us to be very afraid. When all of the angels came and said, fear not. I just, I, I just don't believe in that paradigm. And I am, I, all of my energy is in the new. Is in the new, is in the new way of being on this planet. Where love is the guiding principle. And you know, when you say stuff like that to a Christian, oh, the heart is deceitful above all things. They, they get very afraid when you talk about love as a guiding force. They get very afraid. They see you as a problem. Oh, you're one of those new ager kinds, right? I don't consider myself a new ager. I don't know what I am. I just know I'm not that. <clears throat> but anyway, I just thought it was really interesting to have this conversation with a young person with everything that's going on in this planet. I mean, in the U.S. right now with, you know, they did this thing recently it's just it's just crazy where anybody who lives within the the a hundred miles from the borders of the united states the the border patrol does not have to have due process to come into your house they can they can there's no there's no illegal search and seizures. They can just come into your house within a hundred miles of the border of the border, which is all the border towns, which is the majority of the population of the United States. Can you imagine that? I I just like I just I, I just don't know what's going on. I I'm it's really, it's, I try not to spend very much time on it, to be honest. And I, I try to spend more time on focusing on what it is that I want, but I'm just saying. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to go appreciate y'all. I'll be back with other ideas. And that's a wrap.